Hey, this is Russ with Shadow of the Darkness. We are in the course Satanism 101, and this is a researcher's course. This is to give the basic uh, overview and insight to uh, Satanism and the groups of Satanism that are out there. So we pray that uh, you are learning and that by the providence of God, He is using this in some way in your life to stir you Maybe to fan into flame the gift of God, to fan into flame the power and grace and might and excitement of soul winning, uh, the Great Commission, to realize that Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Let me say this, the Word of God, with all the Satanism that's around and all of the news of the coming Antichrist and the New World Order and all the arrogance that I even see among Satanists, I know one thing for sure. The church of Jesus Christ is indestructible. It will never be annihilated. The nation of Israel, because of the promises of God, the purpose of God, is indestructible. They will not annihilate Israel. The Word of God, with all the attacks and everything else that's gone on with the Word of God, uh, it is indestructible. And it has been uh, demonstrated that for 2,000 years. And it will be all the way to the end. No matter what they do, it's indestructible. And all three have their source in the living Savior. The Lord Jesus, absolutely indestructible. Uh, the victor from beginning to end, Alpha Omega. And we read in Revelation 12. And by the way, would encourage you to study that as a backdrop to this. It's about the full force of satanic presence and power. That was uh, that new prophecy and was prepared the first time Jesus came and wanted to destroy him and couldn't and wanted to destroy Israel and couldn't and then goes after the church and has been trying and can't. And then we read how there's great fury that he has a battle in heaven, he loses it, and then he goes down to the earth and the final clashing, the final battle, and all that's going to occur. Listen. The deception he brings, talk about satanic crime. The deception he brings in those last three or four years of the Great Tribulation will bring about the deaths of possibly billions of people. That's right. Uh, that's why Jesus said during those days it would be better that, uh, you know, I mean, not, it, it's simply they're unequal. There's nothing to parallel that uh, the destruction, matter of fact, they're going to be so horrific and so bad that unless he intervenes and comes, there's the possibility that no flesh would be left. If you can understand the sacrifices that were done among the Aztecs and the Mayans at the ziggurats and the way in the Old Testament, uh, you know, we see the sacrifice of Manasseh's own son, the cannibalism that goes along with it, the eaters of the flesh, if you could understand the horrific crimes of the past, you could begin to understand the horrific crimes of the present, that we have gone through a massive crime wave uh, since the 70s. But look again in the early 60s, all the satanic literature, this big spiritual wave comes in, and then the practitioners, and then the next generation. And through the 90s, we have this massive rise of satanic ritual abuse. Uh, we literally have, literally, 
We have um, millions that have showed up at psych wards, hospitals, to this very day that are um, claiming satanic ritual abuse and harm and pain and all kinds of other crime. So what we're going to talk about in this session deals with the uh, criminal aspect uh, of satanic uh, of the satanic side. Now, a lot of Satanists, especially like the Anton LaVey and those folks, they'll get all bent out of shape saying, listen, even in the satanic Bible, though we talk about baby sacrifice and human sacrifice and so forth, uh, in our literatures and whatever, we don't actually do that. Well, I don't know if they do or don't. I really don't. Um, we do know that in the Black Mass and other lit literal destruction rituals and, and blood rituals and whatever else, there are clearly uh, written rituals as far as human sacrifice goes and how it works. We have, um, you know, even among law enforcement during the 90s, there was this ramping up and creation of cult uh, and occult crime units and detectives. Well, even the um, book that I put on the front of this, the notes for this course, Tom Wedges, The Satan Hunter. It's out of print, but you can still get it at Amazon. It's a good one because I believe that Tom Wedge was a law enforcement man, taught in police academies all over, and trained a lot of officers, and of course was brought into uh, television shows as an expert but he knew a lot about field crime, satanic crime work. And when I was with him at the academy in uh, southern Ohio, and as he came here locally, as we brought him in to do teachings and so forth, seminars, and at Def Tech, uh, we saw combined hundreds and hundreds of crime, crime scene slides of satanically oriented murders, killings, cuttings, and everything else. At the police academies and so forth, we were always told, and they were always told, to keep the issue of Satanism out of it. Just deal with the crime. And I think that's true about the Catholic churches with the thousands of people that claimed sexual abuse as children. What has not been told because of the lawsuits and the money is the Satanic side. It's hard for people to believe. It was hard for Germans to believe that their own government, behind the scenes, at secret places like Auschwitz, Dachau, and others, how they were uh, literally burning hundreds of thousands of human bodies in those ovens and destroying their lives. It was hard for them to believe. It's hard to go back into the Old Testament and believe during uh, the days of King Manasseh, when it's supposed to be the place uh, of the people of God and the temple of God that he opened the doors to every kind of cultic and occult and demonic uh, worship and idolatry and so forth to the point that uh, they had Moloch there and they had, uh, listen, they had everything there and that he even sacrificed his own son. And the word of God says that innocent blood had been shed from one side of the nation to the other. And I believe with all my heart that innocent blood has been shed in the United States, Europe, England, other places from one side to the other. I believe that it, there is clearly a, uh, a massive, massive supernatural secrecy to the coming agenda. But even in the cult crime issue, hospitals, psych wards, so forth, we need to take a look at all that and uh, understand cult crime a little bit. Now, what I have done is I've also added on your notes, page number 33, I have added in there... Um, 
the page from Shatter called Shatter uh, Intervention and Investigative Unit. We don't do as much as we used to, but I'm still involved, and we still have live cases. And I'm going to be telling you about a few of those, and you can take and look at that page. It's uh, www.shatterthedarkness.net slash page 17. And I have it linked to your website and to your notes also. And on that page, you're going to see a book called A, Co- a Cop's Guide to Occult Investigation. Uh, Tony Cal. And Tony is a very, very good brother, a good good man, and I recommend his book. Um, the Forensic Theology Resource Center and uh, the Occult and Ritual Crime Research Center. And then, um, of course, the Satan Hunter I'm going to uh, encourage you to take a look at. And you can also take a look at, um, well, Missing Exploding Children. You're going to have stuff going on there. But I have a number of cases I'm going to tell you about on that page. So whenever, um, you know, at that point, get ready. Because I want to look. want you to look at that page and, uh, and give you some faces and some real, real things that we've been involved with directly, uh, let alone all the numbers. I mean, it can all be numbers, statistics, whatever. Even when I was a police chaplain, we were involved. We were allowed to teach on cult crime uh, at their police academy. Uh, one of the uh, one of the well, the one that recruited us in allowed us to be there, and we were involved with seeing the insides of how law enforcement works as a reaction. They're 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 there to react to the crime issues, whereas we wanted to be uh, preemptive and to go out. Uh, and one of the reasons was, after you sit down and listen uh, over over 20 years to individuals who are their minds and emotions are broken and split and hurt, and the memories of ritual abuse and satanic covens and hoods and sexual abuse and blood and uh, death and, and all the horrific things, um, after listening and seeing and digging up bones and going places and by the way when I say bones uh, as far as we know they were they were animal bones at that at that site uh, but definitely ritualistically cut and carved um, in specific ways with surgical precision by the way uh, for the ritual stuff that was done nevertheless um, let's start on that page if you want to use the page 33 uh, we're going to deal number one uh, under session 16 satanic crimes. Uh, the high crimes seen in Scripture. Now I want you to begin with, again, and you need to know this, understanding Satanism as a whole, that, that even Tom Wedge in his law enforcement book put out by Law Enforcement Press for law enforcement individuals does a chapter on the biblical side of Satan to give uh, even, again, uh, you, know, un, you know, non-Christian and other you know, law enforcement people an, understand, an understanding. Well, we understand as far as reality. Uh, in Scripture, e- Ezekiel 28 shows that, that there, the, the anointed cherub, that he was perfect in all his ways until he, he turned, until iniquity or wickedness. Now, the Hebrew word means a violent, violent turning. And he also trafficked. In other words, he, he, a massive war broke out, and through his power and seductive work in his dark, new dark um, uh, way, he took one-third of the angels, which they made their choices clear and free in the sight of God, but they are lost forever. Uh, They are doomed forever. 
And so this was a, a fixed and ultimate and clear and willful and willing uh, choice. Now, when it came to the human race, we never sinned. We didn't do that. We didn't originate. But what occurs is Satan comes here. And with all that seduction, even though God gave us the word and we had total provision for absolute protection, we didn't take it. We rejected the word of God and God, and we accepted the word of Satan and Satan. And, of course, death entered in, separation from God entered in. And let me tell you something. God sees that as high crimes. Death itself is an enemy that's going to be destroyed. And the great white throne judgment literally is um, the electric chair, per se, for Satan, the demonic side, and all those who have willfully delighted and chose to follow that way. Well, that we can take a look at, again, the manifestation of satanic presence in, and I mentioned this a lot, 2 Kings 21, 23, Manasseh. And again, the innocent blood. Now, he did sacrifice his own son. Think about it. He killed his own son. Slaughtered his own son. I can't imagine that. I just can't imagine that. How can a mind and a heart go so far as to slaughter in sacrifice to Moloch, to a demon god, to appease it, to get power, to get selfish stuff, and, and do that. So human sacrifice actually goes all the way back to the Nephilim of Genesis 6. And uh, even in extra-biblical literature, all kinds of extra-biblical literature prior to the flood, there's clearly gods, goddesses, the Nephilim, the ziggurats, human sacrifices. I've mentioned this on a live show the other night uh, where I, I was doing more and more research where uh, one researcher who had gone down there has written uh, and quoted up to as many as 70,000 human beings were sacrificed in, the, in, a, in a year. And it talks about them. Let me just say some of the things it talks about. I quoted this on the show the other night uh, from, um, from Associated Press and other, you know, other, other uh, journalists and so forth, let alone book authors that were supposedly experts on the whole Mayan Issue And that would have been, again, pre-flood, they were doing this. And I believe it did involve Nephilim, demonized, uh, demon-human genetically, you know, hybrids uh, of the angels. Benai Elohim came down. Now, I don't want to get too deep into that because we're dealing with, you know, right here, right now, crime issues. But just to show you the nature, uh, the bloodthirsting, bloodlusting nature of the desecration of the human body, the ritual use of blood... Uh, the seeking of powers because of that. They want powers. Um, and that's what it involves. Why do you think they're going to sacrifice if there's uh, no, you know, nothing to, to get? Uh, we see in the Old Testament even a pagan demon-worshipping king, when they're losing a battle against Israel, comes out and sacrifices his own son, and his blood goes over all the wall, and literally somehow it releases power them to, uh, at least at that point, you know, still defeat Israel. So it's there's something about the power, even in the blood of Jesus, there's power in His sinless, pure blood uh, that was shed for us. And when we look in the, in the uh, it's, it's clear that the demons um, uh, revel in the blood. You can look online under, and I'll put a link to the Satanic uh, Calendar, 
Uh, even the month that I'm doing this right now in is July 2008, and uh, we're looking at um, uh, a number of different kinds of uh, ritual. Oh, you can call them uh, 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 dates, uh, say demon revels, and when you read. The sad part is this, when you read about what these are, and blood rituals, sex rituals, um, you know, they're trying to, well, let me, let me read just a little bit of the, uh, the uh, ritual, um, um, actual calendar for this month. Let me just read a couple, I'll give you a couple quotes, and you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. It's not just at Halloween time and so forth, but all year long these things go on. On July 1st, demon rebels slash blood rituals and sexual relationships with demons. Uh, the 20th through the 27th, there's a sacrificial preparation. They kidnap, hold, uh, and ceremonially prepare persons for sacrifice. On the 27th, the grand climax, sex rituals and female sacrifice, usually between the ages of 7 and 17. And then we get into August 1st, Lamas Day, or Lamas Day, animal and human sacrifice. Then we move on to Satanic Rebels. And the reason I mention those two dates, not only because we're doing this uh, particular session, but because two of the girls that were slaughtered were uh, within the categories. The first one was probably in the category of Demon Rebels. second one was clearly in the beginnings of August, the Satanic Rebels by a individual that we know, uh, and we had to turn him in, and it is still an ongoing case where the girls were um, slaughtered in a particular ritualistic fashion. Uh, what happens is, is that they are abducted, taken, usually either just taken or seduced and taken out. Um, they are sometimes drugged a little bit, but not enough to put them to sleep or out of it because they need them to have the pain. They're usually stabbed again and again and again and again, just little stabs, 50, 60, 70 times. Could you imagine a girl, 14 years old or a 17-year-old girl, along with being sexually sexually violated violently, uh, along with uh, probably you know being at times suffocated around her neck or whatever. And this goes on until enough Pain, pleasure, horror, fear, all of that energy is raised uh, to conjure the most powerful demons, the most, you know, because really in, in all, all the real underground Satanists, they're, they're going to tell you that the, the longer the torture, the in, more innocent the blood, uh, all of that, um, the more you can prolong and keep the person alive while you're doing it, the more power, demonic presence and power can come. And uh, they can take that power for themselves. They can uh, conjure the power to be sent other places. But it's all at the expense of a human life. And if you don't think this is going on, um, I've seen pictures that I never want to, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't want to show you. How about of a 17-year-old girl that was abducted used in a satanic ritual in a house that involved other kids, by the way, teenagers. And they, when they took the skin and cut around her neck, they peeled the skin. 
her off her like 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 it was a mask, like her whole head was a mask. Her hair, everything was peeled off, and there I saw this picture of a real girl's head, but it was just like a bald, skinless head, pink, with eyeballs, the teeth. I mean, you can still see the face, but it was so horrific looking. Was she partially alive when they did it? A lot of times it's true, they're alive. And the case, you know, it was broken into, people went to jail. It's a crime, it's a video for law enforcement, and normally people out in society can't even get to see it, but a lot of the slides we saw would only be shown there. And that's part of my problem is why, you know, we need to, and there's nothing, but now there's so much out there. Um, so when I tell you this, um, we can go back to, again, the violent nature of Satan. This deals with the... The nature of your enemy would be to desecrate you, slaughter you, violate you, rip you to shreds, use your skin, use your bones. Uh, listen, Satanists will rob cemeteries and take a thigh bone or a skull for their, you know, for their rituals, and or and or to sell to make, you know. Um, another case we dealt with was was um, in September, the Hands of Glory, where. A ritual is done the same way to cut, 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 sexually abuse, braze the energies, bring the demons. And then the third power, the final thing, is to kill them at a certain climactic time. And, uh, you know, then the demons literally can cross over and then bring, you know, to the sacrificial, the sacrificer, um, the powers and so forth. And then after that ritual is done, after the person is killed, their hands are cut off and taken. And they will petrif- you know, put certain herbs and so forth and bag them up and bury them and literally petrify the hands so that they can then keep those hands at their satanic altar because they would be, well, hands of glory. They would literally be demonized objects, objects that demons would hover around. And they could be sold to other covens. I mean, they're worth a lot. In that sense, too. Same with certain, you know, ritualized blood, and um, so when I tell you these things, listen. This session is going to be hard to listen to, and uh, but the unless you look at some of the, you know, if you get Tom Wedge's book um, and look at some of the crime scenes, or if you get uh, Tony Cal's book and you look at some of the um, pictures in the book. A Cop's Guide to Occult Investigations, you can get it from Amazon, then you're going to see uh, slides and pictures of some of the worst kind of human desecration. All in the name of Satan, all for the purpose of demons. See, if they didn't get anything out of it, they wouldn't do it. But they, but you know, the reality is they do get something out of it. And like in the Old Testament demonstration of the sacrificial powers received and, and consuming the whole uh, people of God and taking over the temple and all the stuff it, with Manasseh until, at least until Josiah was raised up to, to deal with all of it. We read in the Gospel of John, Satan is a murderer. You know, he's a, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And when he leads people to do things, uh, he's going to lead them to do things sometimes in a very, very horrific way. So, you can find in the Old Testament, you can find human sacrifice among the tribes, all the tribes around Israel. If you don't, listen, when you read the Old Testament, and you think God was severe with those tribes, 
You're talking about tribes that sacrificed their sons and daughters to Moloch, burning them alive in those hot molten pans, or pans rather, um, sacrificing sons and daughters, uh, giving up their children to demons and sex with demons. Uh, a, prior to the flood, uh, not only the joining of human women with demon uh, Benai Elohim, uh, fallen angels in the creation of Nephilim, who, by the way, uh, would also you know, bring great uh, moral and spiritual decadence, so much so that God had to bring the flood. God had to bring the flood to stop the entire human race from being annihilated. See, once again, just prior to the flood, without God's intervention, the human race could have been utterly annihilated. Jesus, in talking about the very end of days when Satan really gets a hold on the world the way he had a hold on the world in those days, pre-flood, that unless he intervenes, no flesh would be left. Can you imagine that? Because of the satanic... Well, again, if you understand biblical prophecy, look at the future. Billions will lose their lives. So it's all about, rituals are all about, you know, getting powers. Um, so take again a look at the supernatural side of it. There are crimes that are seen in Scripture that begins with the violent crimes of Satan, uh, demonstrated, you know, among the tribes, demonstrated in Israel. That's the nature. Well, point two on page 33 deals with Satan supernaturally works. Now, in Ephesians chapter 2, as we've been saying all along, a good read, if you look at the Greek too of that, is that the uh, ruler of the power of the air who is now at work, the Greek word for work means an operating power, a supernatural operating power. He is at work in the lost, in the disobedient. And that does play a part in some of the satanic crime we see. I'm talking about psychosatanists and those who do satanic crimes on an individual basis, let alone a coven and then let alone transgenerational covenants. Don't forget in the picture of Job, we have Satan wanted to destroy. I mean, he utterly wanted to uh, destroy Job. And there were limitations. And he did all that he could do, causing great uh, disease, sickness things, and so forth, and losses. Oh, massive losses. And at one time, uh, he literally, Satan moved on the Sabaeans. Again, a demon-worshipping tribe uh, is literally a pushover for Satan. If they're already prepped, and when that wave of satanic influence comes, they can be uh, moved to a frenzy no differently than Revelation 16, when the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet, uh, out of their mouth come demons to go to the kings of the world. I'm talking about the head of England, the head of Germany, the head of... Italy, the head of France, the head of Holland, all these nations, and then lead those nations out onto the battlefield for the bloodiest, most horrific um, human loss in, in, in any war in human history. But it's also the most committed, demonized, uh, Satanized army in, in world history also. So military... Men and women, beware of what secret and psyops groups want to lead you into. Hey, point 
under C, you point to, is uh, the picture of Judas. Now, when you read the Gospel of Luke on the account of Judas, um, he's in the room with Jesus. Jesus has already told the disciples, Satan has asked to sift you. They wanted to know who was going to betray him. Uh, some of them did. And when he said, whoever dips with me, of course, Judas did. And the Bible says that Satan, li- listen, because this we need to apply this now to the concept of criminology, as I've done. Um, as, as Satan entered him, entered inside of him, and immediately he got up and left. Jesus said, what you're going to do, go do quickly. And he went out for 30 pieces of silver, which is a fulfillment of prophecy, by the way. And he betrayed Jesus unto death, under the slaughter, under the crucifixion. Okay? So the crime against Jesus included a human being uh, that didn't believe in the first place by Jesus. He was pretty greedy about the money issue or whatever, but he was an open door. And because of him being an open door, Satan had the ability to, to literally enter into him and lead him. And how does he do that? Through involuntary feeling and uh, thoughts. You can call it voice to skull if you want to. Satan can communicate with individuals. A lot of the cult crime uh, materials that I've read and seen, the Gainsbourg murder with Rowan's and other ones, uh, many of the serial murderers, the psychosexual serial murderers, you're going to find that influences are in them, voices are in their heads, something's moving them to do it, they can't stop themselves, and they slaughter, literally slaughter human beings. So point three goes on to say this, Satan, the satanic, uh, he's, he forges, the forging of uh, servants of darkness. Now when I say the forging of um, servants of darkness, don't forget again the concept of the tares. That what? That an evil being, that evil presence, and you know, has done this. Don't forget that Jesus reveals this. So this is biblical reality. If we're going to be biblical, let's be biblical all the way and read and believe what Scripture says. Then you'll be able to understand what really is happening in the world around us. Does Satan really move in people to go cut up people and slaughter people? Yes. Does he inspire? Do the demons inspire people and speak to them? Yes. Have I dealt with deliverance sessions where inside the demon was saying he wants to, you know, the demon wants to kill you, wants to slaughter you, or the demon led them in some slaughter of another person, or the demon wants to lead them into committing suicide as a final act? Yes, again and again and again. I have, uh, I have listened to the voices, literally, listened to demons speaking through possessed human bodies, cussing at me. I've heard them speak other languages, backward languages, all kinds of things. I have felt their gross and unclean presence as they manifested. I've seen that they had total disregard for the human body as just meat, a carcass, uh, ready to be, you know, readily to be uh, disposed of. But they didn't want it to die because they wanted to live in it. It's like the man in Mark chapter 5. Look at the demons that were in him. Look how he had supernatural strength. Look how he lived among the tombs as a Jewish man who wasn't even allowed to be in this cemetery. 
Look how he was naked and cutting himself. Every, I mean, every everything you can think of as far as desecration was going on. But think of the other side of the story. Jesus, I know he knows. He knows it all. He literally went there targeted. He went looking for the demonized, looking for the captive, looking for the bound man, and engaged him. And the demons were terrified at Jesus. They were terrified. Another scripture talks about how the demon says, you know, that it's not our time. They know the great white throne judgment is coming. They know the final judgment. Um, and they're utterly, utterly, I mean, terrified. Now, real heavy-duty Satanists and those who have been possessed, as well, they don't want to know that. They don't want to know that demons fear the name of Jesus. In many encounters we've had, when they've seen the authority of Jesus, man, they wanted Jesus and they wanted the power of God because they knew and they saw that it was so vastly superior to the dark side. Well, on the uh, third point, I'm mentioning uh, satanic ritual abuse. And when I have that there, you can go to the, um, the uh, Shatter SIIU page. rather. And please understand, we've got a session coming up just on ritual abuse. But in the early 90s, I contacted Holly Hector from Centennial Hospital in Denver, and uh, she'd had quotes of 2.5 million diagnosed cases from the American Psychological Association of multiple personality disorder. That means the human personality being split up into sub or alter personalities. And they had an entire ward in the psych ward committed to the ritual abuse victims. Hatford or Hartford Hospital in Chicago, many other places. Well, again, as victims of satanic ritual abuse began to show up in the 80s heavily, and then hundreds of thousands in the 90s, Insurance companies were moving into the hundreds of thousands of dollars to the points of millions now. We worked with a federal agent's wife for a number of years, and she went off to a, uh, uh, a certain hospital down in Dallas, or down in Texas area, and uh, $21,000 in three weeks to try to get her fixed. She had multiple personalities with sub-personalities committed to satanic crimes, rituals, priestesses, and so forth ancient languages, all this stuff, demons and so forth. Well, uh, these are quick stories to tell you this, that when we were told back then and uh, did our research in the early 90s, 2.5 million, that's a lot. And then as the time went on, people began to, you know, we finally estimated, I think in 1994, 95, uh, in our seminars, uh, up to 5 million diagnosed cases where people have gone to uh, psych wards, hospitals, uh, counseling center, so forth. And then there may be another 5 million that have never been to psych wards or any kind of counseling thing. So we estimated up to 10, 10 million uh, cases. Uh, Holly Hector said in her uh, uh, quotes and materials that they're 87% of all multiples, those who have MPD, multiple personality disorder, or they call it now DID, dissociative identity disorder, that uh, that 87% was created by satanic ritual abuse. What we found, the deeper you go spiritually to get them free and find out what's deeply inside them, we found out that it's like more like 95% or more of all of them. A secular psychiatrist out of Canada, 
uh, that's world-renowned now, wrote a book, uh, I believe it was called uh, Project uh, Bluebird, The Purposeful Creation of Multiple Personality Disorder, where he traces the German, the CIA, uh, the, the psychiatric uh, community, uh, G.H.S. Brooks, and I've got a few of these on the, on the Shatter website, if you haven't uh, listened to those. They were doing, they knew how to split personality back in the 40s, and they learned it from the demonized, demon ideology, you know, the, 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 the demon-inspired ideology and science of the Nazis. They were doing it. And so today among us, we have, you know, the very least, 4-point-some million cases. And I believe it's probably doubled, and so does uh, Colin Ross, the author of that book, the, the Psychiatrist Out of Canada, and many others. Well, the question is then, if there's that many, who did this to them? And all the statistics show the people that are in their late 30s, 40s, and so forth, and now in their 50s, uh, that were richly abused, it all began when they were babies. And we can go back to the end of the 40s, specifically in the 50s, 50s and 60s, and part of the 70s is when all this was done. Now we're dealing with the aftermath. So what do we do in the United States of America when every psych ward in my city has people who have multiple personalities created because of satanic ritual abuse? What do we do? Uh, what do we do when we listen to the stories, as I have? Well, our job back in the 80s was to just, we felt led, and I'm glad we did. When we listened to the stories, we began to secretly follow up and go to the sites, the places, the homes, the houses, everywhere we wanted to track down the information and verify. Locations, buildings, even people, even German Nazis. And we did. And we did again and again and again and again. And we spent... Uh, years and years and thousands of hours and many times, you know, out till 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning, sometimes, as we've said, in other states. Um, and because of that, uh, we have a number of cases. So if you look at the Shatter in, uh, Intervention Investigative Unit uh, webpage uh, that we mentioned or you can click on to, the little girl Jackie... And it just says, was ritualistically murdered. Even the Akron Beacon Journal, the materials, anybody can research it and find the facts. Uh, they're the ones that put the information out about a black pagan. I met the guy prior to Jackie's death. You see, we intervened to a young lady and a young man. He just got out of jail, a lot of drug use, all kinds of other stuff, trying to get their lives straightened. They had these twin baby girls, beautiful baby girls. Well, I prayed with them and, and, and urged them to come to church. And uh, brought them, matter of fact, they didn't have any vehicles, so I had to go pick them up, put them in my old Jeep uh, that I had. Uh, two babies were, would uh, be in the back with the mother back there, and the dad sat in front with me. And uh, they had their car seats and all that. We took them to church, and the church loved those babies and loved them and cared. And I, the very first time they were there, they came up for prayer, and the second time, and uh, then they got sick and things occurred. And then they just it seemed to disappear. And I finally found the mother one night. She had the two babies, but I wasn't allowed to. See, I wasn't allowed to see him. Every time I went over, they let me see him, and I would uh, I would hold Jackie or hold a sister, uh, her sister. I'm not going to say her name, but their sister who's living. And I uh, 
I uh, went over that one night, and I felt really led to, too, and I, and I really felt guided. So I want you to know that the Holy Spirit's behind tracking down uh, perpetrators of crimes like this and also intervention. And I went to that night, and I remember talking to the mother and saying, listen, you know, she said her husband left her, and she's with some other guy now, and she introduced this guy to me, and, and uh, she took me outside, though. She, you know, for whatever reason, I know she was covering up something, and I told her, listen, We'll help you get a place to stay. We'll help you with money. We'll help you with baby cribs. Everything you need. I gave her the phone numbers. I said, just call us. Let us know. Well, obviously she chose different. I never heard from her again. Nobody could find her. But uh, probably six to eight months later, I forget which, um, I hear on the news, little Jackie Cooper is dead. I go back to the original house, and I eventually find the biological father who's all broken up. The Akron Beacon Journal had just gotten there, and I talked to him for a while. Anyway, getting into the entire case, bottom line was this guy, um, he was uh, into Crowleyism, and they had done numerous little rituals on Jackie, including like 40-some stab wounds to her bottom of her feet, uh, uh, using a needle into her head to create certain satanic symbols, pagan symbols if you want to call them that. Numerous bones were broken. She was a beautiful, happy little girl. and But obviously she went through major pain. I heard stories about how they would do this to collect the tears for powers. They were sacrificing her, giving her up, uh, and then wanting to raise the sister in, in the black arts and stuff. All this stuff. Well, anyway, the man is in jail. Thank God for that. And even the real biological mother is in jail. And she deserves to be there. Now, the case is not over because I believe a coven that we had been after for some time, called the Stairway Coven, uh, we found out from the biological father that the little girl, Jackie, was taken to the same cemetery that's on that picture that we've put out before. Matter of fact, I'll link it to the webpage, um, and it shows um, like a stairway going up. And... Uh, numerous, well, satanic groups have been meeting there and satanic rituals and all kinds of stuff. And uh, we've uh, been after uh, a group. Well, matter of fact, in that second picture is a picture of that stairway coven. If you go down a little further, you're going to see to the left a picture of a little green thing, uh, like a little oil thing out in the back of the woods, where on it it has a sacrifice and handprints all over. Uh, there was a sign. It looks like it's in red blood, but it's in there like a paint, but it's like red blood paint. And, and a sign further away uh, that you'll see down two more pictures, it says, friends, two friends die tonight, uh, or die in the night. And uh, that's the place, Futon Road, where Sarah, Bame, and uh, Kathy Menendez were both slaughtered. And we were actually, we were brought into it because we got a phone call of a man that, we knew by the, that time we had multiple personalities with, with loyal, satanic, coven personalities on the inside of him. We got called to his house that he was being tortured, that somebody kidnapped him, he had been gone for a few days. Law enforcement was there. They set up, literally set up, um, you know, tapping the phone line and recording the conversation. And, this, and they were wanting me, they were wanting to talk to me. And so this German... This guy with a heavy German accent comes on the phone, screaming at me, telling me they have to torture this man 
and they have to do all kinds of stuff to this man to cleanse him uh, because he had sinned against the master Satan. Well, anyway, we talked for a while, and I finally just blatantly told the guy, Satan, I was against Satan too. And Well, the, the German guy hung up. The cops weren't happy with that, but 40 minutes later, this individual shows up at home. And nobody could believe it as he's walking in. You can tell him that he was that he's dazed and crazed. And he walks in, and as he walks in, he switches personalities and ran across the room to attack me. Cops, everybody grab a hold of him. It took me two blows to break his hold on my neck. And the cops, everybody grabbed him. He fought so hard, they had to leg chain him with chains and hold his legs down. And, of course, uh, put cuffs behind in his arms behind his back. But that didn't stop it. And then he would manifest demonically and speak out loud. Then he would fall back to the ground. All the cops in the room and the other people, they couldn't, they couldn't, they were freaked out. And then another time he leaned up, tried to bite me in the face, a demonized personality. And I rebuked him in the name of Jesus. And he went back down to the floor. And then everything was quiet a moment. Then he raised, he raised up and he screamed out these words. We are the legions that shall rule the earth. That's when the cops just grabbed him and took him to the psych ward. Bottom line, the next day, a young girl up in the Alliance was missing by the name of Kathy. And uh, I, was, I was in law enforcement as a police chaplain at the University of Akron. And one of the individuals came to me to tell me about the case. And that same day, this individual contacted me. This other individual that was missing contacted me and began to ask me about uh, what does law enforcement know, what do your buddies know, can you find out what's going on. Uh, my wife wants me to hide uh, all my Phillips screwdrivers. Well, that was interesting because nobody had reported publicly that the girl had been stabbed again and again and again and again and again and again and again with a Phillips screwdriver. So... That next day, we met up with this guy and took him back to the area. He wanted to go up in that area, but we can tell that he was more fishing for information. There's no question that he and the personalities inside slaughtered this person. Told the chief at the University of Akron, shared information with a few others. I don't think anything was done about it. you got to understand cult crime. Uh, it's very hard to nail down. It really is. In numerous cases, or like the other case I got involved with where the girls... Uh, I was called in by a defense attorney here in Akron, and a girl had been stabbed over a hundred times, same kind of ritual, sexual, blood, pain, and then death. And then they cut off, the guy cut off, her, or the guys or whoever cut off her hands. They've never found the hands. And I can remember the attorney, the high-powered attorney, bringing me into his office and saying to me, uh, you know, Pastor, do you really believe there's a real Satan? And I looked at him, I said, absolutely, there's no, there's no question, there really is a Satan. This defense attorney looked back at me and said, you know what, I believe there is now, because he had all the slides of the slaughter of this girl and the hands being cut off just, I think it was one or two days before the hands of, ritual, hands of glory ritual in September back then. Well, one of the individuals got put into jail. There may have been others involved. So it's not totally solved yet, but one thing's for sure, they never did find the hands. Never did. With this other girl that had been found, um, we presented information and not a whole lot was done. Uh, from there, I had made some moves and we moved out of law enforcement, you know, working with them and continued the Shatter program back in the you know, 90s and 
would just continue to work, but it always bugged me. And actually for 10 years it bugged me until the point where I, I literally had to go, you know, delve into the case more. And what I found out was that after they found this girl that was just dumped out in the open, uh, actually she was posed in a ritualistic fashion, purposely left the way she was. It was a message. Matter of fact, a cult crime investigator out of Satanism told me that it was a message for the rest of the people in the coven in that area to shut up. It was a warning. Well, later, um, a few months later, hunters were going through the same area, and 50 yards away from where Kathy's body was, they found another little girl who'd been missing out of Pennsylvania. And she, well, I mean, there was much, not much of her left, really. And this little 14-year-old had, been, had to have been abducted. Here's how it all worked out. I, I felt so burdened for the mom and dad of both sides. By God's grace, I hunted them down. I went clear to Pennsylvania, to the city, and so forth. And it took me, but I felt the guidance of the Lord, Jesus himself, to where I knocked on a door and the man came out. It was Sarah's dad. Told him who I was, that I'd been praying for him and their family uh, for 10 years because it hadn't been solved. And then he told me that her body was still down in the morgue and it's never been released because uh, the feds had not yet done all the forensic work they needed to do and they're still looking. So I took all the information I had to Beaver County and to law enforcement there and I turned over the information and told them what I really feel and who did it. And I sat there on that porch with that father. You want to talk about being motivated. You want to talk about uh, what we are as Christians in comparison uh, to these sons of hell. Uh, I sat there on that porch, and I, at the time, he's telling me the story. My daughter... My daughter was about uh, uh, 14 years old at the time. He told me how his daughter, 14 years old, uh, was home and wanted to go down two streets over to meet up with her friend and stay overnight. From there, her, she disappeared. And she wasn't found for a long time until her bones were identified and was still resting in the morgue. And this daddy told me how he, for two years or more, would get in his car sometimes late at night, drive through the city, and scream out the window for his daughter, Sarah, looking for her everywhere. So if you don't think the judgment seat, the, the great white throne, the judgment of God is not just, well, I want you to know something I do, and I can't wait for it to happen. Um, outside of repentance... The judgment of God will be just. Jesus did say for the people like this that, that slaughter innocent young folks like this, it would be better for them to have a millstone tied around the neck, thrown in a deepest sea than to face into the judgment. Uh, thank God for the judgment. Thank God for them paying the price. Thank God for those people at Bohemian Grove and all the ritual sites, all the way back to Manasseh, all the way back to prior to the flood, all the way back to the Mayans where three years old, and six-year-old bodies have been found, bones have been found, where uh, the stories, the pictorial and written stories will talk about 
how living persons were tied and bound, and that they would uh, a priest in, in all this fanfare garb, grotesquely dressed, would reach in and rip out the guts while the person was still alive. How they would chop off the heads and roll them down the ziggurats. If you would hear the stories of uh, ritual abuse and cutting and slaughtering and blood and drinking of blood and eating of humans, you will not believe what the underground has been doing for a long, long time. Just like in Old Testament biblical days, there's no question today, and I believe with all my heart, that boys and girls and many others have been sacrificed and slaughtered. And just like in the case of Sarah and Kathy, that's not over yet. Because we went to other law enforcement, another law enforcement place. We turned in the information. And we told that a man that has multiple personalities, that has personalities inside that are demonized and satanically loyal and German, German Nazi loyal, we told him everything. But they did not have the capacity to nail him down yet. And then the law enforcement people informed the murderer that I was the one that told. Uh, we've done this in law enforcement for years, but I've never had a law enforcement person be so stupid as to tell the perpetrator who it was that's the informant. Anyway, um, we know that this man is uh, capable of uh, violent torture, uh, sexual perverted uh, torture, and uh, blood-drinking, slaughtering, I mean, just horrific stuff. Now, as I'm sharing all this with you, and it brings up emotions for me because of the cases in the past, the cases currently, and the cases coming up, that uh, little children, how many times has an adult sat there before me and sub- young personalities wished that somebody would have helped them back 30 years ago. Somebody would have helped them get away from the bad people, from Satanists, from Luciferians that truly do um, uh, transmute you know, children and trying to train them. They call them Satanic Chosen Ones. But don't forget, dear American and UK and European listeners, that at the very minimum, 4.5 million, not including UK or Europe. And the attempt is to create and to forge future satanic super soldiers. Now, I've got a lot of material on that. We won't be able to go into everything here. But it's crimes. Crimes. Mind control, splitting of the human core, GHS to Prooks. One of the uh, presidents of the American Psychological Association and hailed worldwide as a great psychiatrist. Well, if he's in hell right now, he deserves to be there. The same with Sidney Gottlieb and the rest of the mind control freaks that were that willingly took in the Nazi ideology of mind control and uh, and a, a new um, vision for a satanic new world order uh, to come. Well, enough said on that. Let's touch on the fact that there are psycho-Satanists like Richard Ramirez that slaughtered people and raped women and children and, and hurt them. And enough of them that are out there and still are out there doing it and still occurring. Numerous books on the subject. Um, we can also mention the black rooms of the Catholic Church. And I really encourage you to take a look. And we put it on the webpage for you. Uh, Lucifer's Lodge 
and also satanic crimes by uh, William Kennedy, who was kind of commissioned by Father Malachi Martin among the Catholics to go after. All those sex abuse cases were not just sex abuse cases. How many times did I sit down with individuals that then would lead us in the middle of the night to Catholic church places, to retreat centers, where uh, rogue satanic uh, priests, satanic individuals that had infiltrated the Catholic church as a cover and also as a mockery and also as a point of uh, pulling the wool over uh, the eyes and desecration, of course, of of, uh, what they would believe, desecration of God's church and things like that. where hooded people and chants and rituals and whatever and so forth. And so we are counter-infiltrating some of the places that we know of right now. Uh, and uh, with the prayers uh, to go in and find. And if we can, uh, if we can, uh, if we can stop, if we can get a young victim instead of them going through 10, 15 more years of it, wouldn't that be better to stop it now? Wouldn't that be better to be able to invade that? Look at all the different individuals coming out from the Bohemian Grove over the years. Look how many years it's been going on there. And uh, boys and girls that are coming out talking about the incredible sexual abuse, sexual misuse, and even uh, physical death. And we have uh, United States uh, politicians in the Franklin uh, cover-up case, DeCamp and the rest of them, telling the stories of uh, these individuals and the proofs and so forth, um, until, of course, he was uh, really told to, to silence it and whatever. Well, there probably is a special place in hell for those who try to silence it, too. Uh, they surely couldn't be from God. Uh, God is about God is the one who commanded us to expose evil deeds of darkness. And if that's true, and we've dealt with churches where Satanists have infiltrated, and again, you can go to the shadowthedarkness.net site, or the preemption uh, broadcast, uh, the Potomatic site, and right there you can get um, the uh, infiltration of the Christian church. We've dealt with infiltrators. We've dealt with those who've come out. We've listened. We've, you know, we they've educated us on how they do it. We've watched others. We've tracked, done surveillance. We've done a lot of things. Not everything will I even say publicly what we've done uh, to track it. And there is massive infiltration of the church. And uh, there's a, a coming, whether you, whether, you know, I'm just saying what they say, there's a coming agenda uh, that's going to bring great harm to the body of Christ. Uh, they're at least going to attempt it anyway. Well, there are occult and occult crimes. Uh, there's police departments all through the 90s in criminology, in cases. They had to train police officers to understand what a satanic justice symbol looked like, what a black mass indicator looked like. Uh, when we were trained in satanic crime field work out in Def Tech, it, we were taken out in the field and to show the sign symbols and ways in which uh, ritual sites are, you know, uh, are they have uh, protection, perimeters, uh, protection, night vision, guns, weapons, all the, all the things they need. They're, these are not stupid people. They're stupid for what they do, stupid for selling their souls, stupid because they're going to go to hell, um, obviously. But uh, we have in law enforcement. We even have the FBI engaged. We've even engaged the FBI in some, one, a couple of the cases, one of the cases of a young man, and it was very hard to get them to believe certain things. 
So when you have law enforcement that's not sure of the signs, symbols, indicators, and so forth, then you've got some that will go out there. And I thank God again for Tony Cal out there now and for Dr. Uh, uh, Gregory Reed, uh, who has also written a book called No One's Angel, Nobody's Angel, that I highly recommend, who fought in the 90s, uh, even kids that were taken to the Bohemian Grove, he fought to get them out. He fought to get them protected. He fought to uh, keep them away from perpetrators and even had to fight the uh, False Memory Syndrome Foundation in Philadelphia, founded by Orn, Dr. Orn and Dr. Well, two of the founders, uh, partially, Dr. Orn and, and uh, Jolly West, uh, mind control experts out of the CIA. How you like that? You think their crimes are going to go unpunished? You think that all those older guys that were part of that Nazi regime and those Nazis that are all over the United States, and the Levensborg children, and all those children, listen, all the things they've done to those children? Hebrews chapter 4, you know, you know the Scripture is very clear. Nothing is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Payday, someday. That's what I know right now, that people are getting away with uh, the sexual abuse and, and mental abuse and emotional abuse of children. And worse, as bad as that is, worse than is the satanic, because the satanization, the transferring of demonic into the damaged and wounded mind and emotion of children. The using of those children to conjure demon powers and their fear of the presence of dark And they understand the presence of you know, dark powers. Well, we're getting close to the final hour of this, so the final end of the hour of this anyway. And I want to just mention, too, that part of the reason that even in law enforcement, as I was there, they, they're not going to be able to find it all, cut into all of it, uh, until they understand that Second Thessalonians 2 talks about a supernatural secrecy. Even rituals that are done for invisibility. I don't care what critics and uh, skeptics uh, think about this because they can't help. They can't help anybody. They can't help anybody. But I believe that if law enforcement had teams with powerful prayer intercessors that knew how to target cult groups, uh, daycare centers where they're suspect of satanic ritual abuse and or sexual abuse of children. I mean, these cases, so if any of you are in law enforcement oriented or, uh, or working to, with victims, then going after the information, you have to cut through it with the fire of, uh, of, of targeted prayer led by the Spirit of God with the authority of Jesus Christ, crushing the super demonic power to keep their high crimes a secret. Super secrecy uh, literally pervades on a mental, emotional, but overall in the entire Luciferian underground brotherhood, the satanic system, uh, the, the reason for the, their secrecy and that just maybe 5%, 10% of what they're really doing has been made known is because of the satanic power that keeps them protected. Well, that's why Jesus gave us authority 
to rebuke that. That's why in your city and in your church and all your area and all of us should be praying for the Lord Jesus to expose any satanic covens, to, to supernaturally, like Peter in the book of Acts, supernaturally send rescue uh, to those kids that are in hopeless situations, uh, to those young girls and others that are in situations where they, they have no way out, they're bound, they're chained, they're, they're locked into the, the ritual abuse and stuff. But God has a way of supernatural. But it takes prayer. It takes people who will pray it, seek it, ask the Lord, uh, be never giving up on it. And when God gives you one piece of information and you meet somebody else, and providentially you will see God begin to add everything up in your area. And then you might begin to understand why in your area things have seemed dark. You know why? Because maybe at that Masonic temple where some of this ritual stuff goes on at certain times where dark powers are being released over the governmental areas in your area, why are there 50,000 Masonic temples? Every city, township, every place, there's a Masonic temple. Did you know that? 50,000. That's larger than any denomination, United States of America, of Christians. That means there's probably one in almost every single city, every single place, every little township. You ever been in one? Who has? But I know a lot of victims that have reported all across the nation that they've been taken there. That uh, many of the high-up brotherhooders, Luciferians, or 33rd degree Masons. Have you ever read Albert Pike's works on Lucifer and who they believe Lucifer is? You can understand the sophisticated, satanic, bloodletting rituals that go on. And in their minds, it's completely justified. In their minds, it's completely a natural, normal thing. But that's what Romans 1, chapter 1 is all about. They suppress the truth of God by their wickedness. And their, their thinking became futile. And their understanding was darkened. And they have done high crimes. Well, I believe that we can have supernatural intervention if we'll take the time and spend our lives. You ever read Isaiah 58? I want to ask you, if you and I are friends at this point, okay? If you and I care about the honor of the Lord Jesus, the salvation of souls, the helping of victims, the crushing of satanic darkness... I want to ask you, not as an instructor, but as a fellow believer and as a favor, would you this week, maybe after this session's done and I'm, I've stopped talking, read Isaiah 58 and see what God says to you about breaking every yoke about spending ourselves spending ourselves on behalf of victims. Would you read Isaiah 58? I don't want to say more about it. Just let God speak to you. You can get all the information you want. You can know every detail of uh, Aleister Crowley. You can know backward and forward what a destruction ritual is. But if you and I don't do anything, I believe it's hypocrisy. If you and I don't do anything about it at all, I, I would say that the entire course, study, and information is absolutely worthless. 
Our Lord Jesus has said, to whom much is given, much is required. I read Revelation 12 where it says about those who overcame the dragon. They beat the full force of Satan. They did not consider their lives so much as to do what? They would not shrink from death. They wouldn't shrink from death. And guess what? (laughs) They overcame the dragon. By the blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus, and the word of their testimony. If in the United States there are 4.5 million at the least victims of purposeful, you know the purposeful creation of subpersonalities involves massive trauma, pain-pleasure principles. If, when we get into this later, if you study more on this subject, it's, it's, it's people that have just transmuted and and altered the life of a human being. If you understand multiples, if you know one, you, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. If you think of even one little four-year-old boy being sexually brutalized by men, terrified, done in a satanic ritual, or a little girl, forced to drink things, forced to do things, maybe forced to watch the sacrifice of heads being cut off, eyeballs being pulled out, guts being eaten. You say, well, I don't think that can happen. Then you haven't seen the same slides that I have. And you haven't seen the stories of pre-flood Mayans and... uh, all all society during that time, and the very reason God brought the flood was judgment on the horrific, bloodletting, blood-sacrificing, blood-human-eating, cannibalistic you know, evil that was going on to save the human race. And when the people of God in Manasseh's day did nothing and allowed the king to open all the doors to the satanic powers, people were sacrificing their own children I've met parents that have brutalized sexually, physically, ritualistically their own children. I've stood by and watched. I say to hell with the perpetrators. If they don't want to get saved, they can go to hell. And that's good. And that's right. The judgment, Jesus will take care of all of it justly in the end. But I think that some human suffering and some can be saved, and others who've been through things can be healed. So many of them are seeking the healing and everything else. So let me encourage you to read Isaiah 53. Let me encourage you to realize that uh, there are satanic presences that influence criminals, unstable individuals, and even drug users. Timothy Leary was a big drug user, you know. Aleister Crowley and many others during the drug stuff. Uh, even some of these guys that are going out, they're on, they're on coast to coast, Graham Hancock and Terry McKenna, and I'm just now reading. Uh, I'm just now reading Daniel uh, Pinchbeck that have gone down to the Ziggurats and so forth, uh, Chichen Itza and so forth, um, to find out about all these spiritual places. Which underlying those spiritual places and Ziggurats is the slaughter of little boys and girls and humans by the thousands, and it's being revisited today in deep secrecy. 
Uh, yet, uh, God has ripped a hole into that, uh, into, the, into the substructure of radical evil. And if you and I will get out there and pray, and if you and I will get out there and just stand over our cities and pray down the evil and use the authority of Christ and join others in prayer, if pastors will be bold enough uh, to quit playing church games and rise up and make their house uh, their churches a house of prayer, and that much of the service is intercessory prayer for the salvation of souls and also uh, for the crushing of satanic presence in our, in, our, in our cities and so forth. We need to offer then redemption uh, in Jesus alone, healing in Jesus. Uh, Jesus, it is said, prophesied 700 years prior, and he said it in Luke, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me to do what? Preach good news to the poor. To bring what? The, the, the setting free, captive set free, the blind to see, and so forth. Incredible miracle. Whatever Satan can do, God clearly, wonderfully, extraordinarily can undo. So don't forget 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. And that's, my friend, what we're talking about, the devil's work and what he has done to people. Well, listen, I want to say to you, the Lord bless you, and yes, may the Lord burden you. And I trust that there will be uh, responses to the grace of God. Blessings to you, my friend.